Turn your Bibles with me to Exodus chapter 3. And if you have your journals with you, the Spiritual Growth Journal, uh, take it. We'll have some great things to go through tonight. A lot of scripture, many of the verses will be on the screen. But I encourage you to take your Bibles or reach for one there near you. Uh, look on with someone and see these passages because I think they're going to mean a lot to us. Along the way, I will give you some thoughts that you can take down and take as part of your prayer time this week, as part of your devotional life as you move forward in the Lord. The epic story of the Exodus is recorded for us. I want to read again, uh, read again from Exodus 3, verse 7. It says to us, Then the Lord told him, I have certainly seen the oppression of my people in Egypt. Notice this next part. I have heard their cries of distress because of their harsh slave drivers. I have heard their cries. The cry of the people reached the heart of God, and the Lord is now going to respond. I want to talk tonight about the power of crying out. I see this as not only part of the Exodus story, but throughout the Old and New Testament. Here's Jeremiah 33.3 in the NIV. It's coming on the screen. Call to me, and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. Call to me. It's a calling out. You come over into the life of Jesus, and, and so many of the stories of the life of Jesus started with someone calling out, like Bartimaeus. Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. He, he cried out. Look back over your life to three or four of the big moments of your life in your journey. And, and perhaps you would trace them back to a time where it got so tough. Or some may even say, I had hit bottom. And it was at that moment that I cried out to God. Uh, life had become unmanageable. So I cried to the Lord. Uh, I, I, many people could trace their Christianity and their faith igniting and kicking in to a moment where they had to cry out to God. And so I want to talk about this tonight. If you want to write this down, it's from whispers to shouts. From whispers to shouts. For God hears the faintest cry. The silent cry. God can hear a thought. You don't even have to articulate the request. He knows it. I grew up in a church. Uh, there were seasons in the life of the church where the church was small in number. Then I, I, I've been in part of seasons where the church was growing in number. I, I've been in part of church where there were more people on this platform tonight than there were in the entire church. Any of you grow up in a small church? And we would often have this prayer request time. And people would stand and say, pray because I've been battling headaches. And pray I need a job. And then someone inevitably would say, I have an unspoken request. And I'm like... You might as well say it. This church is so small, we all know it. You know, did you grow up in a church so small? You knew the unspoken request. It's like, go ahead and say it. We know what you're talking about. But in keeping with the scripture, it is true that he knows our heart. That he knows our thoughts. Sometimes we pray with words. Sometimes we pray with a groan. It's like praying with an ache. Turn with me to Psalm 77, if you will. This will not come on the screen, so turn 
in your Bibles with me, I want you to see this Psalm of Asaph, Psalm 77. It says, I cry out to God, yes, I shout. Oh, that God would listen to me. When I was in deep trouble, I searched for the Lord. All night long I prayed with hands lifted toward heaven, but my soul was not comforted. I think of God and I moan, overwhelmed with longing for his help. And I took those first three verses and I really studied them and tried to get the exegesis going where you look at the Hebrew and it starts out so clear in verse 1 that he is crying out and it's audible. It is a loud crying out to God. By the time he reaches verse 3, he doesn't have words. And yet God is seeing the longing. I want you to know that, that God understands and hears the longing of our heart as well as the words that we say. And notice, if you're looking at the New Living Translation, it'll say in between verse 3 and 4, interlude. Again, between verses 9 and 10, interlude. Other versions say selah. That word selah is like a note in Hebrew, and it means a sacred pause. It's, it's a time to reflect almost like at this moment, I don't have words, but the music's flowing. I don't have words, but... But there is a moan, maybe in a minor key, coming from my soul. And sometimes we pray with words, and sometimes we pray with an ache in the heart. Turning over to the book of Daniel. You know this story in Daniel chapter 10, where Daniel had prayed for many days. And the angel finally comes to him. This is in Daniel chapter 10, if you would like to turn there. Starting at verse 12, and, and then he said, the person's about to speak is an angel. Then he said, don't be afraid. Isn't it amazing when you go to angel school, the first thing you learn is that when an angel shows up, don't be scared. So I don't know what it is about angels, but every time they show up in the Bible, they're having to say, oh, don't, don't be afraid. So he's saying, don't be afraid, Daniel, since the first day you began to pray for understanding and to humble yourself before your God, your request has been heard in heaven. I mean, an incredible spiritual battle was being fought as you read that text. Look at verse 15. While he was speaking to me, I looked down at the ground, unable to say a word. Daniel, in a time of intercession, reached that place where he had no words. He, he couldn't unlock the words in his heart, though there was a great activity of God going on. Sometimes we pray with thoughts, groans, words. Sometimes we pray with tears. Look at these verses. This is 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 10. Reading to you from the NIV, it's coming on the screen. Hannah was in deep anguish, crying bitterly as she prayed to the Lord. Look at verse 12. As she was praying to the Lord, watch this, Eli watched her, seeing her lips moving but hearing no sound. He thought she had been drinking. Must you come here drunk, he demanded. Throw away your wine. Oh, no, sir, she replied, I haven't been drinking wine or anything stronger, but I'm very discouraged, and I was pouring out my heart to the Lord. He wasn't hearing any words, yet she was pouring out her heart. And what she was pouring out her heart to God about was, was that she wanted a son, and God heard her cry. Gave her a son by the name of Samuel, who's one of the strongest men of God that we have recorded in the scripture. 
So we see that from whispers to shouts, God hears us. Let's talk about calling out. The, the shout, Jeremiah 33, 3, call unto the Lord. That word in the Hebrew is, is lifting a voice like a trumpet. It's a loud crying out. The same word begins with the invitation in many of the Psalms. Look at Psalm 50, verse 15. It's coming on the screen. Then call on me when you are in trouble, and I will rescue you, and you will give me glory. The word call in the Hebrew is a, a loud crying out. Psalm 145, 18. The Lord is close to all who call on him. That's the same word. Yes, to all who call on him in truth. Psalm 55, 17. Morning, noon, and night, I cry out in my distress, and the Lord hears my voice. In all of those psalms, the calling out is where David was raising his voice. While Hannah was pouring out her heart, just as David, but there were no words. While the, the psalmist there in, in Psalm 77, a Asaph is pouring out his heart, and at one time it's audible, and at other times you can't hear any words, but there's still a longing. There is an ache of his soul that's forming into a groan, and with tears there is the seeking of God. So from whispers to shouts, we cry unto the Lord. Here's the next thought. It's not a formula. It's just an outflow. When you live with the conviction that God hears those who pray, then you are willing to cry out to God. It's not a formula, it's an outflow. Look at Psalm 18, 6 with me. Here it is. But in my distress, I cried out to the Lord. Yes, I prayed to my God for help. He heard me from his sanctuary. My cry to him rest, reached his ears. It's an outflow. David, I'll show you Psalm 34, 15, if you'll put that up for us. Here's Psalm 34, 15. The eyes of the Lord watch over those who do right. His ears are open to their cries for help. David lived with this deep conviction that God would hear him when he prayed. And, and so he was quick out of that love relationship that he had with God, out of the overflow, not as a formula. He would cry out to God. It's like a child to a father. Whispers to shouts. Overflow, not a formula. Child to father. We understand this in our own families, that as a parent, you, you have an ear that's tuned to the voice and to the cry of your child. Look at Romans 8.15. This is that powerful verse that talks about we have this father and we cry out, Abba, Father. So you have not received the spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba, Father, and in that very chapter, it talks about the spirit that helps us to pray when we don't know what to pray. We're without words. There's a burden. It's deep. It's real. But we can't find words. The spirit helps us. And in groanings that cannot be uttered, we're making intercession to God. Now, this next passage, only the reference will be there. Turn to Psalm 107, if you will. And we're going to end tonight looking at this entire psalm. Psalms 107. Please turn in your Bibles to that passage with me. Because when you go through the scripture, you will see that the turning point is in the crying out. Certain things were happening, but when they cried out, the turning point occurred. There are four pictures of people crying out to God from different circumstances in Psalm 107, and I think it'd be worth our focus tonight. 
So let's go through it, starting at verse 1. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. Has the Lord redeemed you? Then speak out. Tell others he has redeemed you from your enemies, for he has gathered the exiles from many lands, from east and west, from north and south. Here's the first group. Some wandered in the wilderness, lost and homeless, hungry and thirsty. They nearly died. Lord, help! They cried in their trouble, and he rescued them from their distress. And he led them straight to safety, to a city where they could live. Let them praise the Lord for his great love and for the wonderful things he has done for them. For he satisfies the thirsty and fills the hungry with good things. Notice the turning point was when they cried out to God. Here's the next group. Some sat in darkness and in deepest gloom, imprisoned in iron chains of misery. They rebelled against the words of God, scorning the counsel of the Most High. That is why he broke them with hard labor. They fell and no one was there to help them. Lord, help, they cried in their trouble. And he saved them from their distress. And he led them from the darkness and deepest gloom. He snapped their chains. Oh, let them praise the Lord for his great love and for the wonderful things he has done for them. For he broke down their prison gates of bronze. He cut apart the bars of iron. The turning point of those in sin was they cried to God. Next group. Some were fools. They rebelled and suffered for their sins. They couldn't stand the thought of food and they were knocking on death's door. But they cried to the Lord. Lord, help. They cried in their trouble and he saved them from their distress. He sent out his word and healed them. Snatching them from the door of death. One last group. Look at verse 23. These are the adventurers. We've looked at the sinful. Those that are in bondage. Those that wondered. Now we look at this group. Some went off to sea in ships. Plying the the trade routes of the world. They too observed the Lord's power in action. His impressive works on the deepest seas. He spoke and the winds rose. Stirring up the waves. Their ships were tossed to the heavens and plunged again to the depths. The sailors cringed in terror. They reeled and staggered like drunkards and were at their wit's end. And then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble. And he saved them from their distress. So you have an entire psalm that is given to showing us different people groups. And everything turned, the turning point, it's like... The crescendo, the grand finale is when they cried unto the Lord, he heard their cry. Now reflect with me tonight on times in your own life where you cried out to God. And it was a turning point. From the Old to the New Testament. Stories of the Old Testament to the very life of Jesus. Matter of fact, as I was reading through the stories of Jesus, it seemed like over half of them started with someone calling out to God. Sometimes with words like Bartimaeus, sometimes with the touch, like the lady who is very sick. Sometimes it was nothing more than a look that was the look of a longing of a heart that needed a touch from God. While others came and fell before him, and with tears and shouts they cried out. And in each situation, you see the Lord ministering. The Lord heard the cry of the Israelites. 
The Lord heard their cry and he brought deliverance. All through the scripture, right up to this very moment, the Lord hears our cry. The cry of the broken heart. The cry that comes from a relationship that's not working and it breaks your heart. The cry for a family member that's far from God and and you wonder, when will they come home spiritually? The cry because of an economic situation and debt that's so deep that you wonder if you will ever come out of it. The cry of futility, the cry of discouragement and depression. Here's Psalm 61. When my heart is overwhelmed, I will lift up my voice. I will cry out to the Lord and he will lead me to a rock that is higher than I. A towering rock, the New Living Translation says. And it all starts when we're willing to cry out. When you hear this, it it may seem that we would end the service just lifting our voices saying, help. And it would be audible and loud and there would be shouts and cries to the Lord and maybe so. And maybe that's exactly the way you would express it to God while the person beside you doesn't make a sound but the same intense cry is coming from their soul. It's just at a point where they have no words. It's too hard. Have you gotten to a place like the psalmist? If we read all of Psalm 77, you will see the psalmist get to a place where he says, I have no words. I'm staying up through the night, but I don't know what to say. There was just the ache of his soul, an intercessory burden. God hears your cry. If anybody has tried to say to you, unless you say it, God doesn't hear it, needs to go back through the Old and New Testament and see where Jesus read thoughts. He understood and hears the faintest cry, even the unspoken request. Isn't that comforting? Isn't that helpful? So I felt like this moment tonight could be a turning point for you. We've just spent a lot of time through a lot of verses and it all turned on the cry. God hears, God responds, makes a way, provides. So may we cry out to God, not only tonight, but cry out to God tomorrow, every day. You can cry out to God from your soul without words or with words. Cry out to God. Kelly's grandmother is one of the great spiritual heroes in our lives, and she calls Jeremiah 30:33 as God's phone number. I called out unto the Lord, and he heard my cry. King James Version. And he showed me great and mighty things. Cry out to him tonight. You have a burden? Come to the Lord with a cry from your heart. Let's pray. This is not a time where we say, okay, if you have a special need, because everybody in this room has a need. Certainly different needs. The intensity of it, the grip of that on your heart is at different levels. But this is a message for us all. So I want to invite you to just tell the Lord, to call out to the Lord. If you have just received bad news and you're struggling to find words, just let the longing of your heart be evident before the Lord. He sees it. He knows. 
he understands and he will respond. If it's a faint cry, if tears come down your eyes, your face, as those tears course down your face, I want to tell you God understands. God understands the message in those tears. Holy Spirit, just come tonight. Minister. We are given the biblical foundation that this is a scriptural pattern. It's not a one-time thing. All through the scripture, we see it clearly. So tonight, we act on what we've seen. And I pray that, just as David said, that when we cry out to the Lord, we will be able to say, and, and you heard us from our distress. Right now, whatever is distressing your soul, form it up into a crying out to the Lord. Experience the power of crying out to Him. Let it be the outflow of that burden in your heart. Just begin to say that to the Lord. God, as the pastor of this church, I just come before you for those that really need your intervention for their marriages. Holy Spirit, hear the cry. Respond with wisdom. Respond with healing. For those who are facing surgery, for those who are in hospital rooms, for those who have received some challenging news, hear their cry. Minister your grace. Minister your healing power. Lord, if they, they struggle to form up the words, you understand the ache of their heart. Maybe they prayed about it so often, so much, that Lord, they, they just, they don't have it anymore. They, it's not in them to articulate it again, but it's the burden of their heart, you understand. You see it. Lord, for that, that young person in this room that's wanted their mom and dad to accept you as their savior. They're saved, they know you, but they are wanting mom and dad to come to know you. It's the burden. It's the cry of their heart. Bring a turning point. Bring a turning point. For someone who seems to be in a cycle of defeat and they live in fear and worry about the next bad thing that is going to happen. They don't want to live that way. Hear the cry of their heart. Settle their spirit, their anxious heart. Oh God, just bring ministry in the name of Jesus. We give you praise tonight for showing us that it is within your nature, it's within your heart as a father to hear us. That sympathetic resonance that you are touched with the feelings of our infirmities. You bear witness. You understand where we are. You know what we need. That's why when we're asking, you're already answering. You're an amazing God. You are a great shepherd. And we give you glory tonight. Praise your name. Hallelujah. So often, 
Just have your eyes closed in his presence right now. So often the psalmists were in moments like this. And the ministry of the Spirit of God was so personal. And I believe it wants to be that way for you. The team is going to sing this song. It's in the presence of Jehovah. We'll sing that part about troubles vanishing, hearts being mended. It's the ministry in response to the crying out. Let the Lord minister to you tonight as they sing it. Just receive from Him. In the
Thank you, Jesus. We believe that. Tonight, we take the passages we have read to reinforce how trustworthy you are. We trust you. Psalm 121 tells us and teaches us that you are keeper. And we will not be moved. We will be strong, steadfast, unmovable, because you're a keeper. We praise you for that. You are with us. You will lead us. We'll not spend a moment where you're not there, available. Hallelujah. All kinds of things may come against us, but nothing can separate us from the love of God. We give you praise. Hallelujah. And I thank you that you're so awesome that my thoughts can turn into prayer. Thank you, Jesus, for that. Throughout this week, may we all experience the power of crying out. We don't know what to say. We'll just let the longing be a shout in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Isn't the Lord good? Amen. It's amazing, isn't it? Now, I really encourage you, this, this is now a challenge for you to experience that power in your life. And then, in ministry, what we want to do is listen for the cry where people are in need. If we'll go there, we'll be right in the middle of the activity of God because that's where he responds. But, you know, sometimes when people are going through things and we're trying to figure out what to say, maybe we just need to do uh, the ministry of presence. Maybe nothing needs to be said. I have messed up some things really in an honest heart trying to help people in a time of need. And, and I just said something, and you know, they really didn't need to hear that. You know, there are even some really good things, but if they're said at the wrong time, it, it, it's not a word in season. You know what I'm saying? You know, when you're really just broken and burdened and you've gotten some real negative news, there are just some things that at that moment, maybe you, you don't need to hear. Maybe you just need to know someone's there. It's just someone who will come and do the sacred pause just to let you know, hey, I'm here. I'm here. I'll never forget this pastor. He's teaching. I was in his class, and he was teaching us about pastoral care. And he said he, he goes with this associate, and uh, this person is in a pretty challenging situation there in the hospital. And he looks at the associate and says, why don't you pray for them? And, and really... They just needed to be there, and the pastor was thinking, surely the guy's just going to take his hand and say, look, we don't really have the words right now, but we're here for you. Well, the associate pastor was so stunned, he, he didn't know what to say. Well, he had just taken his family recently, and they had seen Annie. <laughs> so he says, the sun will come out tomorrow. <laughs> Bet your bottom dollar the sun will come out tomorrow. And the pastor just after his over said, you know what? If you don't have anything else to say, just don't say anything. You know, there are just sometimes, I don't need you to tell me the sun will come out tomorrow. Just don't say anything. Let's just stand together and let, let the burden be the intercession. Does that make sense? I hope you hear my heart tonight. 
There are times you're going to know that the Lord is really giving you exactly what to say. So as we experience the power of crying out, and then we want to minister, we're going to be there with those who are crying out, and may we have exactly what we need in that moment, because God will be there. He's always where people are crying out. And I know that some of you have gone through some really tough times recently. My heart goes out to you. I stand with you, and you're crying out. Some of you have some challenges coming up. I stand with you as you cry out, and I cry out with you, and uh, at times, we'll use words. Amen. God bless you. Stand, everybody. Encourage one another with a good word before you leave, and have a great week.